Hijacked, A Beechwood Adventure by G. Michael Smith Chapter 2 Buckles and Bones Billy sighed and returned to his chore. Ho, pull, ho, pull, until the wheelbarrow's full. Hey, thought Billy, that rhymes. He smiled and chanted to himself as he pushed the overloaded wheelbarrow towards the compost pile. Wheel dump, wheel dump. Suddenly the wheel hit a dip in the ground and he lost control of the full wheelbarrow. The whole load spilled three meters away from the compost pile. Rats, he cursed. Wheel dump, wheel dump, avoid the nasty hidden bump. He refilled the wheelbarrow with weeds and roots and dumped them on the compost pile. Gotta fix that hole, he mumbled to himself and grabbed the shovel leaning up against the shed. He scraped some dirt from the edge of the garden and put it in the hole. It was bigger than he thought. He poked the ground around the hole. There was not a lot of loose soil nearby, but he spotted a large rock that he could put in the hole and just fill in around it. He wheeled the wheelbarrow over to the boulder and heaved it up inside. He wheeled over to the hole, wrestled the boulder out of the wheelbarrow and into his arms, and dropped it into the center of the depression. As it hit the ground, he heard a splintering sound, and the rock sank practically out of sight. At the same instant, something flew up into the air. Billy watched a dirty, brass-colored object, rectangular in shape, twist and spin in the sunlight, then drop with a plink onto the small section of boulder sitting out of the ground. It bounced into the dirt. He reached for it. As his fingers curled around the brass object, he leaned on the boulder. He heard another crack, and the boulder slipped further into the hole, practically out of sight. Billy tried to catch his balance, both arms outstretched to break his fall, but fell forward into the dirt. What is happening, he thought. His left hand still clutched the brass object, while his right plunged deep into loose earth. He turned his head to the side, trying to avoid smashing his face into the top of the large, dirt-covered rock. He scrabbled with his empty right hand in an effort to stop himself from sinking further into the hole. His fingers curled around a long, smooth object. He sputtered, spitting dirt out of his mouth, and rolled over out of the hole. Lying on his back, breathing heavily for a moment, he lifted his arms to inspect what he held in his left hand. It was a belt buckle, an old, tarnished belt buckle, with odd markings pressed into the brass on both sides. He slowly lifted his right arm. He was holding the skeletal remains of a human arm from elbow to fingertip. It dangled before his eyes. The hand, still attached, flopped down at the wrist as if it were trying to grab onto Billy's face. He screamed and threw down the bones, quickly scrambling away from what he had just realized was a grave. 
Billy stood and edged closer, staring down at the bones in the shallow grave. He shuddered. A moment later he heard his dad's truck pull into the driveway. He'd gone to the building supply store to get some new pipe for the kitchen repairs. Without even noticing that he had done it, Billy slipped the brass belt buckle into his jeans pocket. Dad, 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 he yelled as he ran to the front of the yard. His father was just getting out of the truck. Billy continued to yell and point. What's the problem, William? his father asked calmly. You look like you've seen a ghost or one of those zombies from your video games. On the edge of the garden, by the greenhouse, there's a... It's a... I dropped a rock. It broke open. I nearly fell in. I accidentally pulled something out. An arm, a hand. Bones! He gasped for air and pointed to the backyard. Whoa, slow down. What are you talking about? His dad placed his hands on William's shoulders. Shh, now start again, William. What happened? Billy breathed deep and let it out slowly. In a loud whisper, he said, There's a skeleton, an arm and a hand. He took another deep breath. In the backyard, near the compost. What? Are you sure? his dad questioned. Yes, said Billy, and it's human. Come, see. He rushed off in the direction of the backyard. He rounded the corner and looked back. He could not see his father, but the skeleton arm and hand were right where he had dropped it. The hand looked like it was trying to dig its way back underground to the safety of the grave. Billy ran back towards his father, who was slowly walking in his direction. Come on, Dad, Billy called. Hurry up. Well, his father drawled, if it's a skeleton, then it's not going anywhere. Are you sure it's not some old dead cat? It's not a cat, Billy shouted. I've seen at least a hundred episodes of CSI, and I know human bones when I see them. Billy's dad knelt down to examine the skeleton hand that seemed to be reaching down into the dirt depression surrounding the large boulder that Billy had dropped. He stood up and poked gingerly at the bones with his foot. Then he reached into his pocket and took out his cell phone. He dialed 911. Yes, um, my name is Lawrence Braithwaite. Uh, I'm at the old Cooper property. Yes, adjacent to the Beechwood Glen subdivision. Well, my son has found what appears to be part of a human skeleton. He was weeding in the garden. It looks old. Who should I call? All right. How long? Fifteen minutes? Great. We'll be here. My number's 555-2385. Right. He turned to Billy. The police are coming. They'll sort it out. How did you find this? Billy explained about the dumped wheelbarrow, the large boulder falling into the grave and pulling out the bones. He did not mention the brass buckle that felt warm in his pocket. In his mind, he watched it spinning in the air above the rock again. 
this time in slow motion, flipping from side to side, each side overlapped the other. The design on it formed a picture that kind of looked like a house with a path leading away from it. A short whoop of a police siren brought his thoughts back to the present. That was sure fast, said Billy's father. Just tell them what you told me and all will be well. They both turned and headed to the front of the house. What if they want to question me? Do you think they will want to take me downtown? asked Billy. No, William, they won't take you downtown. You just found the bones. You didn't put them there. You're not a suspect. You're a witness. And anyway, the bones look really old, his father said, as he walked towards the Royal Canadian Mounted Police officers getting out of their patrol car. He extended his hand and introduced himself. The police officers, one male and one female, nodded and shook his hand. The grave's this way, he directed. The three adults walked toward the backyard with Billy's dad taking the lead. Billy took up the rear. The police officers stopped and crouched down in front of the grave. One of them stood up and took a notebook out of her pocket. She turned to Billy and asked, William, I understand you discovered these remains. Is this exactly how you found this site, with the arm bone protruding? Billy looked down at the arm bone and shuddered. I accidentally pulled it out of the ground when I fell on the grave. What caused you to fall on the grave? asked the police officer. I, I was reaching for the... <laughs> Billy hesitated. Again, he felt the buckle warm in his pocket. I was reaching to push the boulder. I, I put my weight on it and it dropped down. I slipped and fell. My hand went into the hole. I tried to stop myself and grab that. He pointed at the skeleton arm and hand. I pulled it out and dropped it there. The police officer was poking around the hole and pulled out a piece of board. He held it up and sniffed it. I think it's pine and quite old. It's probably an old grave, but we better call forensics just in case. The shorter officer nodded, took out a radio, and walked a few meters away. Either way, her partner continued, we'll need to move these bones somewhere else. I'm going to have to ask you to step back while I create a site perimeter. I'll need to get some yellow tape and support posts from the back of the patrol car. He began to walk away, then stopped, turning back toward Billy and his dad. He said, thanks for calling us. Billy's dad nodded and followed him. The female officer was talking on the radio. Billy was left staring at the grave. He put his hands in his pockets, and he felt the buckle. He saw it in his mind again, spinning in the air. He thought he could make out a picture as it spun. He heard a rustle of leaves and looked up, expecting a gust of wind. Nothing moved. The hot sun reflecting off the roof of the garden shed wrinkled the air. He looked down at the grave and then heard the rustle of leaves again. Looking up, he saw Jackie parting the leaves he was hiding behind. 
Psst, Jackie whispered. Billy quickly glanced at the police officer talking on the radio, then waved his hands, signaling Jackie to stay hidden. Billy looked down at the grave and whispered just loud enough for Jackie to hear. I'll meet you at my place later. Now get out of the tree. The police officer turned and looked at Billy. Pardon, she said. What's in the tree? She looked up and Billy froze. Billy turned quickly. Nothing, sorry, just muttering to myself. I guess I'd better get back to weeding the garden. Well, no, you can't continue weeding the garden until this is settled. I bet that's good news, she smiled and moved towards the grave. I wonder how old this is. I bet it's from the pioneering days. I think they used to mine something around here. Silver, maybe. I can't remember, but something like that. He will probably turn out to be an old miner. Anyway, we'll find out soon enough. The other officer and Billy's dad were walking back. They went to work cordoning off the area around the grave with yellow do-not-cross tape. Billy watched and occasionally glanced up at the maple tree branches. Nothing moved. Jackie must have climbed back down. Billy breathed a sigh just as his father looked up. Well, William, it's your lucky day. I want to hang around here until the grave is removed, but I guess you can go and visit your friends. Can I stay and watch? asked Billy. Billy's father turned to the male police officer. Maybe both stay. Sure, but there won't be much to see, and you'll have to watch from behind the tape. Which will need to go all the way over there, he said, pointing to where the path narrowed as it rounded the house. He looked at Billy. The forensic guys, they will likely put up a tent to keep the scene as uncontaminated as possible. Sorry, but those are the rules. In fact, you'd better move back now, son. You too, Mr. Braithwaite. We'll let you know when we're finished. Can you give me a ride home then? asked Billy. Billy's father walked around the house. They didn't speak again until they were driving down the long driveway. Billy's father spoke first. I guess we might as well go for a long lunch. Would you like that? I'm not really hungry, said Billy. I guess finding old bones has put you off, eh? teased Billy's father. He chuckled. I'll drop you off at the house while I go get more plumbing supplies. We'll get back at it bright and early tomorrow. I'll pick up a few groceries, too. What do we need? Oh, some milk and bread and something for supper, said Billy listlessly. He was thinking about the grave and the buckle that seemed once again to grow warm in his pocket. How about we order takeout tonight, his father said, pulling the pickup into the driveway. Great, said Billy as he jumped out. See you later. The truck reversed out of the driveway and drove off. Billy waited until he could no longer hear the rumble of his dad's old truck and then he turned and sat on the porch to wait for Jackie. He had just sat down when Jackie poked his head around the corner of the house, startling Billy. You took long enough, 
Jackie said. I really wish you wouldn't sneak up on me like that, snapped Billy. Let's go. I figure we'll be just in time to see the best part, said Jackie, as he moved towards the street. Where? asked Billy. What do you think? We gotta climb the old maple so we can watch them dig up the grave. Maybe the old guy was murdered or something. He might have a hole in his skull with a hit him with a rock pick. Maybe the murderers dropped the weapon in the grave. Those cops will pick up the skull and the rock pit, and it will fit exactly to the hole in the skull. I, I don't want to miss that. Let's go, huffed Jackie as he walked towards the street. Forget it, Jackie. Somebody would see us for sure. The secret passage would be compromised, said Billy, thinking about what he had just said. He smiled. Compromised. He was starting to sound like Jackie. He knew a few big words, too. Besides, they said they're going to put up a tent. There won't be anything to see. Oh, shucks. I really wanted to watch the forensic guys do their thing. It's too early for the meeting. The Braves won't be there for at least a half an hour, said Jackie, looking at his watch. What do you want to do? I don't know, mumbled Billy. He slipped the buckle out of his pocket and rubbed it against his jeans. What's that? asked Jackie. I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? Let me see it, commanded Jackie. See, said Billy, holding the piece of brass up. Give it here, said Jackie. I want to hold it. Billy looked at the buckle and ignored Jackie's demand. He slowly turned it over in his hands. The brass was tarnished and dull. He rubbed it again on his jeans in an attempt to shine it up. It's got funny markings on both sides. I thought it was a picture when I first saw it, but it doesn't make any sense. Where'd you get it? asked Jackie. Found it, said Billy, while I was digging in Mrs. Cooper's weed patch. Let me see, assisted Jackie, with his hand outstretched. Okay, but give it right back, replied Billy, cautiously handing over the buckle. Jackie flipped the buckle over. Looks old, he said. He spit on it and rubbed it with the edge of his T-shirt. Hey, yelled Billy, that's disgusting. He grabbed the buckle and wiped it on his own T-shirt. It's just spit. It's got enzymes in it and they can remove dirt and stuff. And anyway, I just wanted to see the detail. Give it back for a second, demanded Jackie. Okay, but don't spit on it. What the heck are enzymes? asked Billy, handing the buckle back. Jackie took the buckle and turned it slowly in his hands, inspecting it carefully. Enzymes are proteins that catalyze a chemical reaction, he replied absently, then breathed on the buckle and rubbed it again on his T-shirt. English, please, retorted Billy. What? Jackie said, flipping the buckle over and back a few times. Never mind, Einstein, Billy said sarcastically. Oh, spit helps break down your food as you chew it, as well as provide lubrication for swallowing. It's good for cleaning stuff, too, Jackie said, flipping the buckle back and forth. It is definitely a picture of something, but what? Can I borrow it for a couple of days so I can figure it out for you? No, it's nothing. It's just some doodles, said Billy, taking the buckle back from Jackie. He put it in his pocket. What are we going to discuss at the meeting? 
Oh, the guys want to plan a sleep out and cherry raid like last year. Boy, I never ate so many cherries in my whole life. I lived in the bathroom for two days. Boy, were those cherries ever good, he added, smiling at the memory. Cherries won't be ripe for at least another couple of weeks, Billy replied. Let's go and meet the guys. They stood up and started down the sidewalk. Race you, said Jackie. Now, we got 20 minutes to kill before they show up. I'm walking, said Billy, as he placed one foot carefully in front of the other along the cracks in the sidewalk, as if he were on a tightrope. Jackie fell in step behind him as they headed to the meeting of the Beechwood Braves.